You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. And here we are once again. This is AARP Without Limits here on WPTF. I'm your host, Mike Olander with AARP North Carolina. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening, we encourage you to check back in with us every Sunday at 1 p.m. Or you can check us out on demand on our podcast. Go over to Facebook, uh, AARP North Carolina. We've got a, lots of great content there, including links to each and every show. And, of course, WPTF's home is a home mothership. has got all of our podcasts listed there. Today's uh, or the country's population is aging. But the baby boom will impact local communities the most. Is North Carolina ready? Well, today we're going to be talking with one of my colleagues, Lisa Regal of ARP North Carolina, about that very topic. But before we get to it, Jason, Jason Kong, our esteemed production engineer here, ladies and gentlemen. um, You always build me up so much. I really appreciate it. And I've got a really important question for you, okay? You ready for this? I'm ready. Why do we drive on a parkway and park (laughs) on a driveway? You're going to hit me with that? Oh, that's that's a good question. I I don't know. One of life's mysteries, isn't it? It it is. I, I think that maybe we should put in a petition to have that. We need to change the vernacular, Mike. How about well, that? you're thinking about this very deeply, very quickly. <laughs> Impressive as always, Jason. I'm mentioning that because, uh, well, my son's, uh, like a lot of kids these days, are on social media, and he posted that question the other day, and I thought, wow, the curiosity of youth, right? <laughs> Trying to figure out these <laughs> mysteries, and some questions like that one we never, ever get an answer to. But um, I'm bringing that up not because I really care about the answer to that question, as though I'm sure there's some people who have looked into it, right? But just about social media, and, I, and I'm and i sure, especially in this environment that we're in now, Jason, um, you, you may agree that social media is such an important part of not only our culture, but of just life in general across the planet, right? And initially, I think, provided this opportunity for people to be able to connect. You know, for me, I remember when I got on first on Facebook, it was like a way to be able to connect with old people who... I knew in high school, we never had a high school reu- a good high school reunion uh, with my old school back up in New Jersey. And so it was like, wow, that's great. Now, obviously, it is so much more than that. Um, but now we're at a point where I'm wondering, and everybody, this is a question for you all to consider, and you too, Jason. Um, is social media, should social media be con- looked at like a controlled substance? Okay. Think about that question. Think about where we are. Number one, I mean, you get a dopamine release from it, right? It feels good, which means it's the potential to become addictive. And for so many people, it is addictive. And I'm actually dealing with this with my kids right now is like keeping them off, you know, as much as possible, not letting them put any real stock or value into getting likes or follows, things like that. Um, makes you feel good or bad, just like alcohol or drugs do, right? Um, can make you do stupid things can ruin relationships, can also kind of build relationships too, right? You, like, like alcohol, you could kind of wind up with somebody and go, how in the world did I end up with this person? Wouldn't have done it had I been of a sound mind at the moment. Also make you do, you know, regretful things. Um, and then also sadly can really spiral off and, um, you know, lead to real long-term problems or even suicide for some people, you know. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? I mean, where are we... 
just the 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 depth with which uh, social media has infected us. What are, what are your thoughts on that that idea? I certainly think it's worth a conversation about how we treat social media. I mean, you just you see it driving around. The next time you're at a red light, just look at all the cars around you and how many people are down looking at their phones. And most of that is checking out social media, looking for notifications. I think there's also the emotional impact of you know some people just use it to get angry, you know, to see what is emotionally triggering them and i i just don't know if if that's healthy i would agree with you completely and it's weird we're more connected now than ever possible it's easier to be connected with more people instantly than ever before but yet in some way we have become you know we pay a price for that right it's like it's it's you know it's 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 a uh, you know, it's like squeezing the the the, uh, the um, toothpaste tube. You know, you, okay, you squeeze one end, and it's going to go somewhere. You're going you're going to wind up losing out in some other way here. I mentioned that all just because I think it's an interesting thought. You know, uh, as we think about media, we think about the value of this medium, like here right now, doing talk radio. And there are some people like you know myself who love it, who are always going to love it, and hopefully it'll never go away. I know podcasts are the new, you know, the, the updated version of that, and you can do a lot of great programming with that uh, as well. But um, you know, that connectedness that people have to each other is so so important. That's why I'm really really glad that we have our guest with us today to talk about connection, because real life happens in communities, and real life happens for most people in a non-superficial way when people get together um, in person and be able to, to make connections. And, uh, you know, one of the areas of AARP's work that a lot of people probably don't know about is uh, what we call creating livable communities and creating environments that are great for people to age. Um, and to live of, of you know people of all ages and abilities, and also to be able to connect in so many different ways. And so that being said, uh, I want to introduce our guest for today, Lisa Regal, who's our manager of Livable Communities and Advocacy at AARP North Carolina. Lisa, thanks so much for being here. Oh well, thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me here. I'm Good like- to see you with a microphone and not just in a around a conference table as usual or on Zoom. Yes, I know. It's so great to kind of get out. And this is a perfect example of the need for communications and interaction so that people can, you know, hear information and from wherever they're sitting. Absolutely. So um, we know the country is aging. Uh, We know baby boomers are turning 65 at a very quick rate, 10,000 per day until the end of this decade. Uh, And most people, they hear that and they think of it as a Washington problem, right? Okay, how are we going to afford Medicare? How are we going to keep Social Security solvent, you know, as a a national macro level problem? But your work on this issue um, looks at this a bit closer to home, correct? Yes. Yes. So you were talking about communities, people wanting to stay connected. So really, are our communities allowing people to age in place, to stay in their community, stay near their families and friends? And what we're finding is that they're really not. You know, we built our communities after World War II when soldiers came back and wanted to move to the suburbs, get a big house and, you know, have a couple kids and drive everywhere. So we have we've got that covered. We have lots of those kind of communities and housing options. But what we're finding is that that's not the demographics anymore. You, you know, you mentioned all this huge portion of 
our population aging, the, the numbers are kind of crazy. And we've, this is not a secret. We've known this for decades, but I think it's here and it's now. So we're finding that now already more people are over 60 than under 18 in North Carolina. And that number is going to change to over 65 in just a few years. The, the number that I thought was really crazy is that the people 85 plus is going to grow in a few years by 116%. The fastest growing the fastest age group, growing. in fact, right? <laughs> Crazy, growing. right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. you know, are they going to want this? Do they have different needs? Yes, of course. The big one is housing. You know, most people want to stay in their community, but can they afford taxes on their bigger house? Can they get into and out of their house? No. So we're finding that, um, you know. Most people now, instead of living in a family of four or more, now over half the people in North Carolina are actually one or two in a household. Are our homes built for that? Hmm. No. So we need to be offering more options and having more diversity so that people can stay either in their home, making modifications so that they can get in and out of their home safely, or to be able to move to a different kind of a house, really, or home nearby. We need those options because that's what people want to do. They want to stay in that community stay connected, be able to easily get to the doctor and um, to the grocery store and, and whatnot. And it's amazing, too, because, you know, people here livable communities, and it, maybe they haven't heard the term before, but it makes so much sense, right? Because people don't, they think about getting older and having to go into institutional care at a, a, a assisted living or a nursing home facility at some point. And thinking, gosh, I don't want that. I'd love to be able to stay in my own home where my family is, where my networks of support are, where my church is, where my communities are and so forth and not going there. And so livable, in a sense, is is really about giving getting people the opportunity to get what they want, right? To, right. to age your way. To age your way, right. <laughs> age and, there was, way. and there was recently uh, a conference. So tell us a little bit about this conference that, that, that took place uh, back in October. October. Well, the summit that happened in October was really the culmination of a year's worth of work. So we, you know, we knew that this population is aging and that we need to do something. And there have been efforts. This is not the first effort. But we know now is the time and it's urgent. So we worked with um, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Division of Aging and Adult Services, because they're the experts. They know, like, an aging population and healthcare is a big issue. But we also worked with the Governor's Hometown Strong Program because we know, as we talked about communities, it's not just healthcare; it's how our communities. And so that organization really brings all different agencies together to work together to solve problems. So, you know, things like housing and transportation and broadband together. So we worked for a year surveying North Carolinians. We wanted to find from them, find out from them what's important to you about your community. What do you like? What don't you like? What do you, you see as your need? And so we brought together stakeholders on October 5th to talk about those findings and really talk about next steps. And it's, and it's a great one of the things about Age My Way that I was attracted to when I first heard about it and, and Hometown Strong is it, it helps address some of the issues that we see in North Carolina, the divide between rural and urban, right? Because both of them are dealing with aging. I mean, different – kind of different – same overall problem, but obviously different challenges um, of regarding access mm -hmm. and transportation and all sorts of things. And so the fact that this is, for the first time, really have the opportunity to be able to address this 
holistically as a state and being able to look at the uniqueness of the urban areas, look at the uniqueness of, of the uh, rural areas, and to be able to find some solutions to these challenges is, is a good thing. We're going to continue this conversation with Liga, Lisa Regal excuse me, uh, after we return after this commercial break. This is AARP Without Limits here on WPTF. This is AARP Without Limits here on WPTF. We have been speaking with Lisa Regal, who is the manager of Livable Communities and Advocacy here at AARP North Carolina, doing a lot of leading a lot of tremendous work to help make our state a better place. Dare I say we want to be the best state in the country where for people to live and to age. Um, we just talked about Age My Way and this summit that took place back in October, Lisa. Um, and we know that's gotten strong support from from the governor, as you mentioned before. Um, however, we do have a very politically divided government, right? Um, should we expect this work moving, you know, to be a challenge moving forward, given the political divisions, or are Republican legislature legislators uh, taking action on this as well? Well, we expect the um, the legislature to be supportive too. You know, we saw during COVID, all people age, Republicans, Democrats, independents, we're all aging. We all got impacted by COVID. You know, you have the long-term care facility issues. They passed laws to help get visitation into those communities. They provided um, funding to um, provide more money to the direct care workforce, which is that group of, of, of professionals that go in and provide care either in facilities in your home for you know bathing food your medicine so so they understand if they have constituents of of that are aging because that's population's aging so we we're very hopeful um i think that in this coming year it's going to be really important because the time is now and there are things that they've already passed that make our communities more livable. You know, we this next 2023 is the year of the trail. Year of the trail, right. The year of the right. trail. You know, you talk about aging population. We, you know, the 70s, the new 50, you know, 50s, the new 30. So what we're finding is that our aging population is more active, more healthy. They want to get out there. They want to hike and, and, and bike and, 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 and recreate. So this population is, you have to think of them as... Um, an amazing asset for our state. You know, they're the ones who volunteer. They're really philanthropic. A lot of small businesses are owned by this population. So mm -hmm. we recognize this as an amazing uh, benefit, an amazing opportunity. But then, you know, there's also a challenge. So we need to make some changes to make our systems better to support that, that population. And at the same time, it really makes the communities better for everybody. And then if they're able to have a better life, they're able to contribute more, and it really is easier to meet their needs. Mm -hmm. And I'll just give you an example. If we have transportation options, you know, most of us are going to outlive our ability to drive by 10 years. Think about that. Mm -hmm. So in our survey, when we surveyed people across North Carolina, one of their big fears was what happens when they ha lose that independence, when they're not able to drive anymore, and they re recognize that as an issue. So the good news is, is that we need to think about autonomous vehicles. There's something called mobility as a service. I don't want to go into those details. What I, my point is, we need to be innovative and um, just change the way we do business. And then when you do that, you make it better for everybody. And, I, and you know, I hate to use the same example I always use, but you know, when you make the street and the sidewalks better for someone that's less mobile, maybe with a walker, you're making it better for kids running along behind the mom with the baby stroller. Right. So it's really, we're trying to make our communities 
better fit our changing demographics. But as you can see, with half the households with just one or two people, we really are changing. You know, there's a lot of younger people moving into communities, and they want smaller, more affordable homes. They maybe want to be able to save 10000 a year and not have to own a car and just mm-hmm. get around. So, you know, it just gives everybody more options. And we're not saying everything has to be one way or the other. We're just saying we need to be more creative and have more options because right now there's not a lot of options, no matter where you live. Right. And community by community, that's the thing. It's not like yeah. a blanket, one-size-fits-all approach. But what does a community want to do? What yeah. changes do they want to make to allow them to be able to make their communities more attractive to older residents and also more supportive for those who already live there. And it's such a refresh. I hope all of you listening here are refreshed by the truly bipartisan nature of this this world of work because everybody's aging, you know, like Gee, getting older, is that a Republican problem or a Democratic problem or an independent <laughs> problem? No, everybody is. And everybody has – obviously, there are different policy solutions, and some of them are very ideological. But um, the fact that there is here in North Carolina, even with divided government, you know, a growing consensus and, – and I say growing because there are obviously more legislators um, – and more people working throughout the government who don't think about this every day like you do or, or like I do. But um, to see this as, um, you know, a, as important work that's going to require everybody to, to get on board and, and, and play some role in whatever way they can to, to make a positive impact. And the other thing I like about this, too, is that, you know, we are talking about, and I'm sure this is it is, is an issue for more uh, conservative legislators is that in a lot of cases you're not talking about like more spending. We're talking about spending the money we have and are going to have through the tax base mm-hmm. more wisely, right? Um, and so like, hey, we're going to spend this money anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's put on our age-friendly glasses and look through that lens and be making decisions for the long term, right? So we're So we're not – just doing things that don't make any sense or meet the moment, but we're looking at the larger moment. We're looking at what the future is for the communities. Yeah, I think it's looking, I think you put it on, you said it right. Like, let's look at what we're doing through an aging lens so that when we're building our roads, when we're building our housing, are we doing it in a way that will be efficient? So we don't want people that can't be in large houses that are inaccessible. It doesn't make any sense. It's more hard, it's harder to support them. So if we put the, if we're able to have options where it's easier to provide the services, then we save money on those services. So yeah, it's a win-win. We're also, we see job shortages. So one other thing is, is a lot of people are staying healthier. Maybe they're able to work part-time. Maybe they need that extra income. So workplace shortages, we see staff shortages. So what can we do to encourage people to go back to work, work part-time, offer workplace flexibilities? So it's putting all those pieces together to solve multiple problems in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. So in the last minute or two we've got, a couple of minutes, um, what's going on in the state that you're really excited about right now? What do you want people to know? I'm optimistic that this Age My Way initiative and this summit that we had where we broadened the group of people that look at aging. So it's not just the healthcare world or the health professionals that are looking at aging, but we had people there from transportation who said, oh, wow, yes, we should do this and not that. Or, you know, we had someone there from the um, realtors um, and home builders. So what, what can we do differently? So I think it's the fact that now we have more people looking at this and working together. 
if you have local communities, we had a lot, some mayors, some city planners. So the fact that if you broaden who's looking at this issue and they're kind of excited about what changes could be made, that's how real change is going to be made. And so we just need to keep up this momentum, opportunities like this to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of us don't think of ourselves as aging, but the, if you're not aging, what does that mean? If you're not, <laughs> so right. it's, we have to think of it as a positive thing. We're, you know, uh, and and I think that to make it to make it a, something that we're not afraid of, but that we just deal head on, and and then we realize we're making it better for our parents, our grandparents, and our children. So I think just more having us all work together on this issue and and have it raise the profile so that we are talking about it out in the open as a positive thing. How can we make life great for all of us as we age? Right. Is there a web? Is there an Age My Way NC website? Yeah, so right now it is on the Hometown Strong web, um, website. You can go to Hometown Strong, and you can look up Age My Way. And it's also, of course, on AARP. If you go to our website, we have um, Age My Way information also. Okay. So you can get all the results from the survey, see what people are saying, and just maybe get some more information about what does livable communities mean? What does that really mean for my community? Great. And for folks who are interested, especially community leaders of any kind, um, you know, if you're interested in learning more about what becoming age-friendly or a livable community means, um, you know, go on these resources, go on aarp.org slash livable. Our state website, of course, aarp.org slash nc. Um, shoot us an email, as always, um, aarp without limits at aarp.org is the official um, email address for this show, and we can point you in the right direction, connect you to people in your area uh, who are doing work already, uh, who you can connect with, and um, you know, create some synergy and and get things moving forward. So, Lisa, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to. It's always a busy, it's always a busy time of the year, but it's always busy, no matter when it is uh, throughout the year. Um, so thank you all very much for listening. Again, um, send us an email. We want to hear from you, AARP without limits at aarp.org. So thank you to, thanks to uh, Lisa Regal for being our guest. Thank you to Jason Kong for production. Thank you for listening. This is Mike Olander with AARP North Carolina signing off.